champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. The champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ and I got my man. He is a DB of the show, and we are black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here, talking about the topics in and around the game, uh, we're bringing you in the locker room. MH, you ready to do this? Yes, sir. All right, man. So, back inside the locker room, okay? We got my man, JD. If you don't remember, we had him on episode 48 in season one. So, run back and check that out if you if you didn't check it out before. Or, hell, go watch it again, man. So, hey, we are going to talk about diversity and inclusion, man, where we've been since George Floyd, man, in the sports world. So uh, it's an important topic. Uh, J.D., we glad you hit us up and really wanted to jump on the mics about it, man. So uh, we'll just let you take it to there, man. So thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate the warm welcome. You know, appreciate the, the applause and all that, man. I think we've learned a lot about, um, you know, what can be done, what has been done, what fits within the, the constraints of the corporate world. Absolutely. Corporate culture. But I think also more than anything, we figured out what, what is not allowed, um, which in a lot of cases isn't, you know, actual real change. So um, I'm, I'm excited about the conversation. I'm excited to see, you know, different topics, uh, everything from, you know, Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor to... Oh, we got a game, bit. It could flow a oh, lot of got, different got, ways with this, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, so <laughs> we may, This, this may be this, version man. one and version two, right? We, we may have to bring you on and add some more people. But, man, yeah, so exactly. just kind of really starting off, man, it's 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 funny how the, the, I guess, the evolution of this, right? Like, I remember my first corporate job starting off, it was just diversity, right? And then it became... DNI, right? Diversity and inclusion. And then now we're seeing like it adds the E, so it's D E N I, right? So it's diversity. Um, is it equity? Yeah, equity. equity and inclusion, right? So it's funny to see how those things have changed. And and really, um, the first birth of it was from the sports league that we've all been watching, right? The NBA Finals, right? So NBA started uh, the diversity, well, the DNI position in 2014. And that was like the historical first time that that came from like a corporate um, situation to where it came into the league and the basketball. And then, you know, since 2014, man, it's like, what's been going on? <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's crazy because it's, it's been a hundred and whatever year old issue uh, for a long time. Um, you know, it starts with women's rights, right? It started with being paid equally, um, you know, having a seat at the table, if you will. Then it's morphed, it's really evolved into not just a, you know, women's problem, but a, you know, a black woman's problem, right? And they, I think that, to me, black women experience the, the, the biggest part of a lot of these inequities when it comes to corporate, cover, uh, corporate uh, organizations, uh, sports organizations and things of that nature. But then also, uh, there are black men and there are, you know, minority professionals that are in these positions as right. the only one in these rooms. But they're also, you know, they're trying to save their jobs, too. Right. So they're doing as much as they can to, you know, not rock the boat, but also push through 
um, you know, programs that make a lot of sense, mm -hmm. right? And are providing equal spaces for, for black and brown people and, and, you know, minorities in general. But I think that there's definitely a, a, a balance of, you know, one group of people being extremely marginalized. And then you have the gatekeepers who actually would be able to provide a lot of access, but it's like, you know, can I be too black in this or can I be too this and that? And you kind of have to choose between what you want to do uh, and, and what's right to do, right? right? And, and also what's sustainable to do. So like those are three different, you know, conversations that you have on a daily basis, you know, in these positions. And then you have those companies that won't allow um, the gatekeepers to be the decision makers, right? And, you know, as we know, as there's snow at the top of a lot of these corporations as well, too. So, and for whatever reason, it's like you enter in a, you know, foundation in the, in the, in the, the dictionary. And for whatever reason, there's always old white women that are leading these organizations from a foundation standpoint, right? You think of the, you know, there's the several different brands, right? And mm -hmm. I'm not going to call them out, but, you know, you go to the world of the foundation, nonprofit 501c3 world, and most times there are people of privilege that are driving these roles and don't, and have the decision to choose to go to work today. Right. But they, they, they can't, you know, like the consumers in the communities that they're serving, they can't choose to not feel this oppression every day. So it's just a balance of like, how can I make an impact? What does sustainable impact look like? And also, you know, are the people that are there really there to push things through? Um, or is it just a, a budget or charitable tax write-off, right? Yeah. So, well, I want to well, back it up even further, right? Like, I think just the, the phrase of, you know, anytime you talk diversity, you know, it's the D word. Um, certain people get uptight, um, and they're not willing to listen. They're closed off as soon as they hear that word, right? Um, it's damn near like an affirmative action stance, right, that we're dealing with, which is – not the case, right? Because you're talking, it, it's, it's, it's way bigger than that, but it's still kind of along the same line that like we need opportunities. And the fact that we still don't have opportunities is the problem. Yeah, I think it's a lack of opportunity. Um, I think it's also, um, you know, there's power in words and, you know, just like the whole, you know, with Colin kneeling, right? It, I think the the action of kneeling was one thing, but I think, you know, people, actually, you know, took that entire campaign to something different. It was more so about creating awareness and creating like equal equal spaces for people. But, you know, to the sense of saying diversity, you know, we kind of have to, you know, overtly, covertly and dance around it. To yeah, do, dance man. around it. And it's crazy because a lot of these companies like they'll suggest certain things or they'll kind of maneuver or passively put in, you know, inclusive diversity or whatever it is to like intertwine both of them, which diversity is being asked to dance. It, diversity is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to, to dance, dance. Right. So yep. there's, there's something different about that. Right. They play into each other without being at the party. You can't get asked to dance, but you know, it still has to be an ally or an advocate or somebody that, contributes to that mutual investment into, you know, one thing versus the other. So right. it's just, it's, it's interesting, man. And, and, and I'm starting to see, you know, to your point, um, 
you know, people kind of want to shy away from it. It kind of lives in HR sometimes, but there's not like a firm spot in every company across the, across the, the you know, the sports landscape. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, kind of piggybacking on that, I, I think the definition or who represents diversity is, is different for everyone. Facts. Uh, for every company. So it's not just black and brown people. It, it could be a number of things that I guess, quote unquote, represents diversity in the workplace or in a, a sports environment. But, you know, as I kind of think about this uh, DEI since, you know, basically George Floyd, um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I'll put it that way. Um, I think one thing, the pandemic has kind of taught everybody and all of us, black, white, brown, whatever you are, um, I think people care a little bit more about uh, their happiness or their well-being within a company. I think we're striving away from what our parents went to, you know, went through at work where they were, hey, I, I might not like this job, but it's going to pay the bills and I'm going to do this job for 30 years. I think a lot of us, you know, are starting our own companies. Are, are, there's a lot of entrepreneurs now. Um, so I think it's important in every workplace uh, because if you don't have that inclusion or diversity in, in, <laughs> within your employees, you know, people might just want to do their own things, right? Um, and, and, and start it, uh, you know, start their own companies. I think big corporations understand that as well. Um, and it, to some, some degree, maybe checking a box, but I think, I think they understand there's a work-life balance um, that, you know, I, I think people care about a little bit more than what we have in the past, even since George Floyd. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. Um, in a sense, I think that there's not too many, you know, it's, it's, it's a very rare sense to be able to do what you're paid for and something that you're passionate. Like right. There's very few roles that you'd be able to do that. So, um, but I have been seeing more, more companies, you know, because of the lack of work-life balance, I have been seeing a lot more companies, you know, being being uh, open to, um, you know, uh, funding or investing into people's, you know, passion projects. And then kind of having that as being, you know, more of a cultural morale boosting type of program and initiative just to get people to work harder, right? Go so uh, I think that, you know, there's very rare, rarely been an instance of that. But I think that because of, you know, the evolution of these types of roles now related to diversity and, and inclusion, uh, a lot more folks are starting to, to do more purposeful, meaningful work uh, that they're able to tie in what they're actually good at trade wise mm -hmm. with, you know, what they're passionate about, uh, whether it be accounting and working in a community role that, you know, works on financial literacy programs. Or, you know, within the sports world, you know, working in community service, community impact, these types of things where, you know, and it sucks to have to say this, but sometimes, you know, that, you know, picking up diversity, equity and inclusion at some jobs is a stretch assignment where you're going to do all the work, you're going to put in all the investments, you're going to gather all the insights, you're going to get all the data to be marketed towards. But eventually, you—I mean—you're still not paid for the role. Yeah, you're still doing your your regular job. Oh, <laughs> you still yeah. do your regular job, and that's the expectation. It's not the exception; it's the expectation. But they don't pay for the exception. 
And that goes you know with, I mean? with your uh, point earlier saying that, like, you know, when it first started out, this was a part of HR, right? And like, that may have been the fit for that company. It's not the general fit for all companies. And that's the thing, the assessment that they need to, they need to do is kind of say, okay, we know we need this, but where does it make sense? Who has the passion and the tough skin to kind of go through and push that through? Because everybody's not just going to jump on that, you know, Elon Musk, you know, spaceship and ride with you. So, um, I think that that first part of them is saying, okay, we're taking this seriously. Where does this make sense in our organization? Not just like lip service. Yeah. And I think that is also, it's a, it's an interesting thing, right? Because even if it's not a full-time role, um, it should be a full-time investment into DE&I as much as it is you know, consumer, you know, consumer insights, right? No, hundred percent. Every year you have a, you have a basketball, you have a football, you have whatever product that you know, you know, needs to get better. The design needs to change. You invest into the materials, you invest into, you know, gathering these customer insights to really protect and, and protect the brand, um, develop the brand, but further push innovation. And revenue. And and revenue. Oh, I, I was just going to say that. And revenue, right? To drive revenue for these organizations. Yeah. Well, why can't we keep that same energy with our people, right? Why, why can't we put the same resources into our people that produce these products that, you know, eventually, you know, drive revenue back for our people? So the buy-in. I, I think it's just, yeah, it's, I think it's that. Um, but I also think that... Um, Unless it's a, a, a larger case and it's, and it's seen by everyone, unless it's a trend or something that's on social media, it can be marketed towards, I don't think that it's going to be a full-time investment. I mean, there's a, there's a quote out there that says, you know, people pay for what, you know, pays them, right? And pays them is whether it's fulfillment, whether it's convenience, whether it's affordability, um, you know, whether it's just because I want to, right? Right. Um, but I just don't think that there's been a sustainable, intentional, purposeful reason for a lot of these companies to do this um, because of, you know, either they have somebody doing it for free and they don't want to, they're scared to say something about it because they won't get, you know, they're, they're they potentially could lose their job. Mm -hmm. Two, they don't know what it looks like and don't care to really figure it out. Or three, they just lost all together, man. It's just kind of like, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's very interesting for a number of different reasons that, you know, obviously we're going to talk about tonight. And I, I think sports has to be the leader of this. I mean, we always talk about the nature of sports where if when you're playing, it doesn't really matter what shade you are. If you can play, you can play. Uh, I think eventually that sports industry on the field, it has to bleed into the you know, the front office and the business side of things as well, um, because that's what sports is. It's a melting pot. It's about what you produce and what you do uh, for the common goal, whether that's winning revenue, whatever the whatever the common goal is, that's what sports is built on. Um, and I think we have to reflect what the nature of sports is on the field, but it has to reflect in the, in the offices as well. Absolutely, yeah. bro. MH, that's, I mean, that's hitting it. I mean, if we could sum, <laughs> summarize this, it would definitely be that. And it's, it's the common goal. And so we need to figure out some somehow what the common goal is. And I think if you're talking about a, a company, the common goal is a financial. 
And I think one company that's done the DNI or did the DENI um, kind of role in the best way was the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we've had Kevin Clayton, you know, speak on a couple of panels and he straight out said, he's like, I showed them the money. I showed them how we increase and what the value was for these certain roles and these certain extensions and these certain partners we're able to get. And, you know, a lot of partners as a part of their partnership have that philanthropic, you know, kind of piece to it or, you know, just want to see something bigger than just see my sign on the LED or, I mean, see my name on the LED or whatever. So, no, you hit it out the park. It's definitely that, um, you know, that financial one goal. Like, what's our one goal that we want to achieve? And we come all come together and, and achieve that goal. And I, and I think sports companies are, are, are getting really t- just really touching on this. But when you talk about partners and corporations, how, how do you tell that story? Okay. So what am I doing in the community or what are we doing that really impacts the community? Um, you could say you know, it could be something from some easy as, Hey, if you know, 300 kids are playing in this camp, whatever the case is, and we play it in uh, uh, economic disadvantage uh, you know, area, yeah. mm-hmm. those 300 kids, you know, may not go to the left now because they've been exposed somewhere. And then that's helping out, you know, the whole city's whatever you want to call it, education line or however you want to spin it out. I think companies are doing a better job or starting to do a better job of just kind of really telling that story in a real tangible way that, that, that partners can get on the same board with as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And the proof has been there. Like there's been studies upon studies and like, uh, front office sports released something. I think it was 2008 that said revenues increased by 19% for companies. And it was talking about sports companies that had diverse management, you know? So like the studies, and if it come out of Boston was where the research come out, we know <laughs> how Boston thinks about, <laughs> about us a little bit of the diversity. Uh, aspect. <laughs> I don't know, but, but anyway, no, it's, it's, but it's the proof is there. So it's like, what are we what do we need to do to get over that hump? Because it's like, okay, like we showed you numbers, you know, we're still pushing for this. It's not like we, we let this go. Like and then George Floyd. So I guess I want to hit you guys all. How did you feel or what did you hear from like other people? Because we all have networks of other people that work in different sporting organizations. What was the feel after George Floyd from your companies or from people's companies that you worked with? I mean that you know worked with. Man, um, <laughs> you, you got yeah, to hit the white stage. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see how I say this. Um, oh, Mikey, M- MH, you had to turn the hat around to get into this one. Okay. <laughs> I must have I touched something on this one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think this was going to be this, this is going to be a good one to unpack. Um, so the feel, um, the feel was that something was said. Initially, the feel that it was something was said because this was the, you know, they had rioted in Chicago, they had rioted across the country, um, you know, there, after, you know, the video was shown, there was, a, there was a lot of of, of emotions, right? It was right. Um, disbelief, uh, shock, um, you know, sadness like disgusting, but then revolt, right? It was a lot of different, you know, mixed emotions there. Um, 
I think after everything was posted and everything, you know, kind of the tensions were high, right? And after tensions came back to be a little bit more uh, palatable, um, things were said, statements were made, but nobody was being held accountable every single day. So a lot of these brands tried to get ahead of, you know, their consumer outcry, right? The consumer feedback um, based off of, you know, what a lot of underserved communities, um, the impact of what happened with a lot of the underserved communities, you know, either people going and, you know, looting stores or whatever it is. Like, is it, From social media, there was a sense of, you know, tear their stuff up anyway because if they if it makes sense for them to put more money back into it they will and if they care enough then they will and most times you know when you see these types of protests and things of that nature is because people aren't being heard it's like you know we have kids and we you have we have kids and it's like most times when that kid is hungry needs they diaper change um, just want something. To try to get something. <laughs> yeah, you want your attention, right? They act out, right? That's the the nonverbal thing is to act out, not calling, you know, our brothers and sisters infants or relating them in that way, but relating just the, the human response of wanting to act out if they feel like they're not being heard, right? So, I think that something was done, something was said to acknowledge. But I don't think that anything was done, anything sustainable was done. Gotcha. Because I think that there were so many times, and and we've seen the history of these companies. You know, something happens, charitable donation. That's it. It's like they're always flying in to save the day, like freaking Superman or whoever it is. And I think that, excuse me, I think that far too often we've gotten used to just that, right? We've gotten used to just the charitable donation one time in a year but not the true engagement but not the true engagement not the true investment annually quarterly and and i think especially with sports the majority of sports are in underserved communities because most times we think that that's the only way out but there just hasn't been as many um sustainable pathways for this Gotcha. MH, I know that we have been talking about, you know, things off camera and stuff like that in, in the sense of that. But, you know, when I experienced that, man, I think I was more so disappointed, discouraged, uh, but also still a little I was still uh, optimistic because um, some things were changing. Statements were made. There were a little bit larger, you know, ticketed items that were, you know, hey, we're going to make an investment of this much. But there has been very few brands that have made a constant a sustainable um, initiative towards doing that outside of like Jordan brand who have the black community commitment, which, you know, they've directly, you know, tied in revenue for, you know, across scholarships, they've directly uh, impacted, um, you know, directly sent kids to college. They've directly uh, invested into the business of the footwear industry or the footwear business. Um, and educating them on there. Mm-hmm. I know Penn Soul Academy has um, a program where they're trying to bring up black designers and mm-hmm. minority designers into these types of things. So, like, there's several different, you know, program- programmatic, you know, pockets and initiatives. But there has never been 
up until what I've seen with the the black uh, the black community commitment from Jordan Brand, there hadn't been too many organizations that are like, hey, this is our lane. Let's just stick into this lane, right? And, and really directly figure out resources to directly contribute to this. So I want to jump, but Miles, I want to get your kind of perspective really quick. What, what what's your thoughts are just kind of like that from what you've heard and collectively. And I just want to say, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> My bad. I guess, I guess, I guess the way I put it, I, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, so I'm talking about personal thing. And so, uh, I was, I'm not, uh, I'm used to being the only face in a crowd <laughs> at, at multiple times. Way to put it. Okay. And, um, <laughs> I think when it came to, uh, after the George Floyd, I felt the same kind of energy that I felt, um, in in in, high, in elementary school, you know, in elementary school, they kind of gloss over the civil rights movement, and they didn't really touch on slavery. But anytime <laughs> they glossed over it, you know, everybody in the classroom looked back at the one two <laughs> black kids in the class, like, "What you got to say about this, right?" And there's a certain part of me that felt that same energy nationwide, uh-huh. uh, where uh, you got the kind of conversation where, like, I ha- I had no idea, or I'm educating myself, and I'm like. Where is this coming from? Like, you not know, or you just don't want to know. So I, I can play, I can go into real depths about that, and I, I will not. You want to hit some um, furious styles? They don't know. Yeah, I, don't show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't care what goes around in the ghetto. Correct. <laughs> oh, Doughboy. And I guess in the defense of, uh, you know, some of our allies, our, our counterpoints, maybe they truly don't, if it doesn't really affect you in your day-to-day life, maybe you just don't care, you just don't, you really don't know. Um, and I think a lot of there was a lot of questions about what was going on because it was so in your face with George Floyd. Everybody saw it. So I, I guess it was I think companies, I guess they could say they're still learning or trying to figure out what they want to do are learning uh, a different side of the world. I, I, I can I can agree or disagree. Uh, with oh, it. you bird man. Am I, you bird man. me. <laughs> You you hold it back. We're in the locker room. You hold it back a little bit, but no. I mean, because it's a lot, though. And I think that was – we've had plenty of conversations, like preparing for the show, but just off camera, just making sure that we were good because a lot of the mental aspects of what has gone on and and, and talking about, like, not being able to show up as our full self when we go into work and how that's accepted and just so many deeper dimensions that – just not killing us was, was, was the start of the conversation, but there's so many other different levels that we develop. And then you had a corporation that would come to you. And, and this is in some sense, you know, I've had, you know, I have a couple of people that I talk with and I chat with and they were like, yeah, they want me to be on this council and they want to ask me how I feel, but I really don't trust them. Like it's kind of awkward. Like, can I tell them how I feel or do I just kind of tell them how, I feel, you know what I mean? So I think that was some of the things um, that jumped up. And then, man, you hit on some some other things. So I think the Uncomfortable Conversations came out with uh, Emmanuel Acho, which yeah. is like one of those things where when an ally asked me, I'm like, hey, start with reading this book, you know? And, and because... See, that's the part that... Talk to me. killing me a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we got to talk uh, about this. We okay. Talk about this, man. Man. 
I, I'm, it's, I don't think it's my job to educate you on Man, anything. listen. Facts. Go educate listen. yourself. Just like I have to educate. Say it again. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. It's not what? It's not your job. Hey, we might need to drop clues. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and Mason, here's, here's my thing, too, is like, it's already, it's already heavy, right? Going into work, having to kind of adjust to the corporate culture, not being able to say the things that I want to say, you know, having to receive a lot of the microaggressions, which there's a lot of them. In fact, I mean, I've, I've actually had to, uh, some relationships that I've had with people, personal relationships that I've had with people, I've had to discontinue them out mm. of my own peace, right? And out of my own awareness of like what was happening and what other people were bringing me. And I actually fought like to their, to their defense, but then re-looking at it. Cause I learned a lot through this process too. Right. I've learned a lot more of what I should have been speaking up for, what yeah. I should have been saying to people, what I, how I should have been that showing part. up for, for, for allies, for women. For, for other Let's go. It's just, it's just incredible because like, even though I'm still learning, I'm educating other people. Uh, I'm educating myself, and I'm going. I'm trying to intentionally educate myself for this, but I don't owe you that. <laughs> you got to do your research. Hundred percent. You got to. You got to figure out ways. Now, I'm. I'm fine if a person comes to me and they're like, "Hey, I read up on X, Y, and Z. I seen this story, and out of genuine curiosity, like, what does this mean? You know what I mean? Like, how does this make you feel?" And to be honest with you, there haven't been too many people that, you know, during this time uh, had, had reached out to me and was with, like, especially with that type of, you know, posture. And, you know, it even feels good to, to be heard and be seen, but it feels definitely to be understood. Right. And there's there's a uh, there is a but I will say that there have been allies that have reached out. OK. And are interested in it and have ta- have done the work to try to do that but you know we have we have to get more of those types of people and to be honest with you there's a we, we went over something today uh and, and something just recently um i had a colleague that actually gave some recommendations on several different profiles of allies and and whether it's um you know the scholar who is like actually actively educating people into it there's the advocate, there's, you know, the person that stands up to certain things, the person that doesn't necessarily on the front lines of everything, but are encouraging other people and standing up and enabling other people. So it's like, there's ways to be active allies instead of just posting a black square, right? Yeah. And there's other ways of doing that to just, right, to, to actually being, you know, engaged in the process of it all and creating these equitable spaces. But, you know, one size does not fit all. And I'm fine you know, to educate you once you've educated yourself, right? We can refine your journey, but I'm not going to carry the the brunt and the cross of being a, a black sports professional and educating you on how to interact with me as a black sports professional because I got mine. Yeah, that ain't my ministry. Me, this is my ministry right yeah. here. Meet, meet me halfway, <laughs> right? Or, or or take some steps. Yeah, yeah meet me away, right? Away. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet me where you at. And let me know where you at and where you're going, right? So, you know, but, no, but I think dope. that is, yeah, it's 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 also a, a, you know, to your point, MH. I think that 
people do need to be a lot more educated on how they educate themselves and, and how they're, you know, being more thoughtful in the process of doing this. Yeah. So I got a question for you guys. I'm going to throw to you. So, and this is just really quick because we still got some more to cover and our time is just fleeting. Um, yeah. What is your ranking or grade, however you want to do it? You can either rank them, you know, from top to bottom. Who's doing it worse on the four leagues? Who's the best so far and just some innovation in what you're thinking and who's the worst? Or you can just give them a grade, you know, um, or, you know, you can, you can say some flowery words. But we got four top leagues, well, in the U.S., the four top leagues, so NBA, uh, NHL, MLB, and NFL. MH. <laughs> it's yeah, I think we all know what number one is. I think we do. So we're um, consistent on number one? NBA, for yeah. sure. Okay. But I, I, I think there's, and I'm not making excuses for any particular league or anything like that, but I, I just think each league knows who their market is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious, right? Like, I'm, I'm dead ass, like, the NBA knows that their audience is young, progressive, urban. I guess is the word. <laughs> urban. Urban. So they they're going they're going to know where their money is. They they know where their butter is or their toast is butter or however that phrase is. That right? part they know where it is. And you know, if I'm thinking of the other, the shield, they also know where <laughs> where the toast is buttered, right? Uh, hockey does too, right? You know what I mean? So like, in, in baseball, they still they talk about it all the time, right? Uh, you know, CC Sabathia just came out. <laughs> what's going Listen, on in, what, in, in baseball, hey. right? Even though and I was did, surprised, he wait, 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 he did, but I was surprised though that uh, baseball pulled that move in Atlanta. Like, out of all the leagues. I didn't think that they would they would move after the voter registration thing. Well, uh oh! Again, they know. <laughs> just, like they, they know where they they have to improve. Like these leagues understand where their market is and where they have to improve. They're not, they're not that that um the older white male uh is 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 dying from their audience, <laughs> right? So like they they're gonna have to. You know, well, now hold on, people, and you know, right? you know where my lane that I like to live in, MH, so is the business side. So, some corporate sponsors that were threatening to pull out and that said that you know that kind of forced that forced that hand a little bit. So, yeah, oh, well, I mean, the Washington football team, I mean, FedEx was like, <laughs> FedEx right, is like, then. all right, you, you bust a move, yeah, <laughs> play, now that, play with us. All right, now, now they ain't got no logos. <laughs> <laughs> We know how that thing works. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to give them a grade or a rank. We, well, we kind of know who's – So we, we know it's Olympic time, so we know who got the gold medal. We got the gold and medal. Can, and we, we just going to decide who got silver and uh, bronze. We can debate on that. So somebody <laughs> didn't make it to the podium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, some of them somebody ain't going to make it to the podium at all. All right. So we'll, we'll – we'll, we'll, because we work with those leagues, I think we'll just keep it at that. We'll, we'll – uh, you know, we can't do the spitfire like I do Brian Selman does. We'll, we'll just keep it positive, and that's what we yeah. do. So so <laughs> the leader of the pack is the NBA. All right, so let's yeah, switch absolutely. it, okay? Um, I think uh, – Let's give superlatives. Let's, let's do superlatives. 
<laughs> those could be dangerous as well. So <laughs> those could still be dangerous. Uh, where where some of these uh, organizations are at? All right, so let's just switch it. So let's go to support organizations, and I think uh, JD, you brought that up, talking about support organization, and and you are a part of one, and, and one that's really just done a revamp and I think the move that we're going is really exciting but um, kind of what are your thoughts on what BSP has meant and what they're doing and and, and what it could mean for kind of like the overall in this DNI space yeah, or DE and um, yeah DNI well the thing is I think that out of all the alphabets right all the alphabet groups the BSP DC LMNOP all of those different things I think that I think the the actual goal uh, is consistent, which is sustainability, right? Sustainability in sports um, and creating these equitable spaces. But um, I think the thing that is missing is the alignment of all of them, because you got the this alphabet group that is just focused on this portion of the business. Then you got this one that's focused on this portion of the business, and then this one is. Let's just work together, right, and figure out, like, here's the entire business. Well, I do want to stop you on that, right, because BSP is attempting to do that, right? So we've taken a really big step with working with MIS, Diverse. So that thing we launched and talked about, you know, at the Super Bowl, you know, of course it lost thunder because it was underneath the shield. And anytime you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think that, that, you know, to to what I was going is I think that – we should be working a lot more closely together uh, to, to bring that type of stuff to light because even though one group may have been around for a long time, there's been other groups that are silently continue to like develop that stuff as well too and continuing to, you know, move mountains and, and create different programming things. I mean, I even think of uh, the Winning Edge program, right? Uh, winning edge leadership program they've been doing what they've been doing for the last what five years six years and they're doing um, actual practical stuff like taking hands on paid paid these kids yeah paid experience ships right and, and micro programs and shout out to maria taylor who's one of the founders of that program exactly and yeah. so she's because she's sure. fighting a fight <laughs> in real life fight. like like in in real life like this isn't just a social media thing this is like in real life and she's also taking that same passion and leveraging her platform to create these experience ship programs right these internship programs but I don't think that there's too many people that have been have been working together to do that in that way. So it's like, let's bring that in, right? If we need resources behind creating these equitable, sustainable spaces, let's continue to invest in that. And who are the other game changers that we can bring into the bring into the mix that is doing it th- doing something a little bit differently, but touches on a, a different portion of the business. I mean, you could just go to a company and ask, "Hey, let's see your, you know, your uh, your, your racial stats uh, across every organization, every location that you have, and, and and everything like that." And then literally take that data and create a program around creating more equitable spaces for these people. Like, it's not that hard, right? But I think that you know, obviously it is. I mean, how long have we been doing this? <laughs> right, right. I guess it is that hard because we haven't been doing it. We haven't been seeing it. So. Um, I think that is, you know, 
we have the MISs, we have the BSPs, we have the Blacks in Sports, Color have, of Sports. Yeah, Color in Sports. We have um, a diverse representation. Diverse, we have like yeah. these, we have these big or, we have these seemingly big organizations, but they're started by like a group of five people, a group of six people. Over the last like 10 years, 15, 30 years ago, a lot of these companies didn't exist. But imagine how long sports have been around. Right. So it's like we're really still understanding the power of our worth, too, and the, the value of our worth, too, at these organizations. Like, bro, I'm not about to sit here and have my hand raised at 10 different meetings to be heard about something that I've clearly, you know, a, a counterpart has stolen my idea. They've articulated in a different way. I've given you all the data and insights that you need to make a decision on it. It didn't make the budget cut this year. Like, no, I'm not going to sit here and continue doing this, knowing that I know that y'all got money for it or that y'all have resources for it and just sit back and not do anything for it. So it's just, it's different from that standpoint. But I think that people are working a lot closer and a lot more intentionally on trying to build these types of programs and to try to work together with these affiliate organizations to bring about that change that we all definitely need. Love it. Yeah, one, one thing, EJ, you always talk about, man, and I've learned from you in a time doing the show and just knowing you is that <laughs> we all have a different role. We all have different strengths and different responsibilities. I know when when uh, when the protests were going on, EJ was like, I'm not going to protest. That's not me. You know, that's not my space. There's you other space. You said you're too light-skinned, bro. I know. Right. <laughs> you just had to put on some, uh, some sunscreen, bro. You could have been good. That, that, that's what we want to do, huh? Okay. <laughs> But, okay. but the thing about it, what I love about us as a culture, us as a people, is sometimes also what I dislike, right? We have three different people right here, three different men, all came from different walks of life, all have different backgrounds, all are successful in our own way. And I and I think we all have some shared experiences, obviously, by being black in America. But I also think we have different strengths, too, right? And sometimes I think us as a culture, sometimes we... We're not coming together, right? We're not pulling all of our resources and all of our talents together. We we, we branched off too much a little bit, right? So I, I think we still have some work to do as a people to get on the same page and really use everybody's strengths. I mean, we all not doing the same thing. It, it kind of goes back to what I always say about, like the, uh, about draft day. And I hate those stories about, Oh well, you know this kid didn't have a mom, and you know he he's father killed it. Like well, mom was on yeah. crack that they announced on the one. Yeah. I was like, hey, I did not listen. That's like, one thing I did not like about this last year's draft. These last two years draft, like every story was like a story of poverty and just yeah. being the black breadwinner and the generational curse. Yeah, that's correct, and, that that, and that's and that's not realistic. That ain't everybody's story. That that's ain't not everybody's, everybody's story. story, and I'm not. <laughs> Sleeping on anybody's story, but that's not everybody's story. Correct, Man. correct. Um, and I sometimes I think we 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 all have different strengths and talents. We just got to work together a little better. I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there, but we have to do it better at a higher rate, I guess. Absolutely. So what are, so what are you doing in that? What are you doing in that regard? Like, what are you sitting in that regard? Are you protesting? Are you are you in the, in the boardroom? Where where you where you sit on that spectrum? Me personally. You personally, he, he wasn't marching with me. He wasn't marching with me. <laughs> so, don't, so don't get it, don't get it twisted with all the jokes. He wasn't marching with me. We was both standing in the front. I'm not light skinned, but I'm not, I'm not outside either. Listen, 
I'm just a little older now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm got that energy like that. Like I'm a little, a little older. gray in my beard. I should, I should have learned some stuff. You got to drink some water. Just, yeah. just, Put some tussing on it. Yeah, that's a little great. All right, so let's wrap it up, man, because we're coming to the end. And like we said, we could definitely go on with this conversation. And I'm definitely open with uh, doing a round two and bringing some other um, of our compadres in the mix. But um, like you're talking, we all have our, our, our different skill sets and bringing them to the table. And I think one of, from from my perspective, is I have this a conversation with my brother and a couple other people saying that, you know, we don't have an overall agenda. And because we don't have, and I mean, let's take it back to what you said, MH, we don't have an overall goal, right? So some people are like, hey, I want to fight for this and I want to fight for that. While they all need to be fought for, you know, we need to figure out like, okay, here are the five steps and all the people that want to work for these things that fit within this step, whether it's, you know, financial, and economic, you know, um, inclusion and, and, and raise, like all of those things. So that's I guess the goal that I think we need to have, we need to have, and, and I'm not, I don't want to talk about the platinum plan or whatever Ice Cube's plan was, but we do still need, I mean, but why We're not though? Start, start with that, right? And figure out what we need to do so we can all, like you said, MH build together. So outside of that, what is next? What should we do? Because I am a solutions or actions driven person. So what are some steps that you think we should take or that you're going to personally take? I'll start with you, MH. Ah, damn. You caught me off guard starting with me. <laughs> well, hey, JD, if you got um, a Jordan, you can start. I mean, whatever, whoever yeah, wants to, yeah, whoever I'll, wants I'll to start. First. Okay. Um, so to your first question, like, I think that we could, I, I feel like, why, why do we have to have it all figured out in the beginning? I feel like it's going to change for us um, across the, you know, across functions, across time. Um, well, you asked me a question. Would you answer the question with a question? And the quick answer is you have to have a goal or a destination to get where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. I get that. I think that I think success looks different to different people. Um, but I also feel like, you know, in the, in the sense of, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? Like equity, right? And what does equity look like? Just uh, an opportunity to be able to have, not just to be able to, execute the ideas. I want to be able to like pitch the ideas and create the ideas. Right. So it's just like bringing some opportunities to that. Um, and then the second thing, like what's next, I think that we need to continue doing what we're doing now. Like there's been a lot more of the, you know, affiliate groups, the BSPs, the MISs, the diverse representations that have been able to carve out a particular niche and act on that niche. Um, you know, we do it every time by connecting people and bringing people to the to the table, right? And, you know, in the sense of where I currently sit uh, within my role, you know, bringing the Kareem and Maria uh, winning edge program to, to Wilson and being able to, you know, start with one conversation and one recommendation to them being like our global national partner on, uh, from a team sports perspective, um, you know, for Wilson and first ever to have their own first ever pro am, and having the Winnie Edge being like the supporting partner for that, um, as well as like creating these like these daily little pockets of influence and impact, right? Right. So I think that that's how we continue to do it, and you know, we're gonna have those little moments of momentum that equal larger projects and larger initiatives to make it more sustainable. But we also have to hold them accountable for what they're doing and what they're not doing. 
So, you know, that hopefully that answers, you know, both of those. And I, I'll go kick it over to MH. Absolutely. I know and shout out I mean, to Wilson, the little plug. You know what I'm saying? You know, y'all doing big things. Let's go. <laughs> plus, this, plus that uh, future stuff you showed us off camera. You don't, you don't keep that on. <laughs> that exclusive. That exclusive always. Big brother always knows. Always yeah. knows, right? Just. Always. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, we love it. We love it. MH, what you got? You know, I think for me, um, I'm learning my role has changed in, in, in society and life. Okay. Uh, I'm not old. But I'm getting older, right? <laughs> the knees I'm say still, otherwise. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a young man, but I've been in the workforce for probably over, you know, 13, 14 years is my age, right? So, like, I, I understand some things. So, um, I guess in my mindset is, is starting to change is that from being focused on what is my next step in my career, not really looking out too much, just focus on what are my next steps, so now I'm looking at okay, how can I bring the next one up? Right. Yeah. Um, and that's 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 changing the mindset for me, uh, because if I'm using the basketball sense, I'm the old I'm the old vet off the bench now. Like I'm coming off, I'm not a starter no more. Right. Todd Gibson. Yeah, I'm Todd <laughs> Gibson. Right. So I gotta I gotta bring the next young big up, right? And we can still you know grow together. And go. I think that's what my 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 uh, place and my workforce and um, as a black man in this country that's worked for a little bit, hey, understand I still got goals that I want to get to, but how am I bringing the next young miles up? Um, and that's kind of what I'm doing. I like it. Well, hey, man. Yeah, what I, about you? No, no, no. What, hey, I, I was about to say, EJ, you got some? Uh, yeah. I let off with mine. And I mean, if I think, if only thing that I would add to it is I believe my lane is economic driven i think ownership and financial gain is is the destiny because we ask for all these allies and we're asking for all these other people to set us up in situations to where if we start building an economic base that changes the that changes the whole perception in all aspects right because from a political um situation you can put money on certain people's books when they're running for election. So when you need to come grab their ear and talk to them for what you need, you can do that because you have an economic base. When you own a certain portion of land, you can do some, you have certain decisions and certain things. So like, that's why in black and sports, uh, miles and I'd always post on social anytime there's ownership, right? So seeing Dwayne Wade, seeing, you know, uh, Renee Montgomery, you know, and all these people having part ownership and the lady that owns the bucks, like, yeah, maybe partial, but, in a small part, but two things it's doing. One is showing us that it's, it's something we can do because it doesn't matter if they're a percent, like 2% or 4% ownership, they are in that kind of, you know, circle or, or, or grass. So I guess how it adds is definitely from a financial perspective and ownership is where I think kind of that destination should be. And that's why I'm not out marching in the streets. It has nothing to do but my, my hue, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Now nah, what? <laughs> All right, man. Well, I mean, What's yeah, up? I mean, there was a there was a, a gift that said uh, or a meme that said everybody isn't, you know, everybody isn't protesting. There's there's folks in the boardroom. There's there's folks, you know, creating policy. There's folks, you know, doing things. So you know, don't discredit other people's, um, you know, service or how their impact is is being resonated with, uh, you know, across this this movement. Um, and don't get it twisted. Like I may not be out in the streets, but I'm I'm still on the kind of miles. The MH tip is just I'm pulling people up. Like I have 
three mentor, three three mentees. Like I have a Sunday call. I have you know like uh, that I'm reaching up. I mean, obviously BSP here Vegas putting that together and spending that time and doing that. It's it's building a future for them and, and hopefully opening up channels and things like that. So I, I do believe in that as well. And, you know, some people are taking that course to get to provide themselves economic st- stability. But um, no, final thoughts, man, so we can wrap this up. Uh, like my man on the, uh, the, the gift. Pay me my money. <laughs> there it is. My money. That's it. MH. Hey. I mean, can you top that? What you got? Nah, I, I can't top that one. <laughs> well, there yeah, it is, man. I think, yeah, I think it's yeah, money. I think it's resources and opportunity, man. You know, I think we've 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 uh, we've done a lot of creating awareness around what's happening. So now we're just creating opportunity and, and, and funneling those resources sustainably um, to where they need to be and, and putting people in place that look like the people that they're, um, you know, helping, right? I think that there's power in, in representation and representation matters. So being able to, like, have more of that is much more impressionable than anything else. There you go. Well, hey, man, uh, like I said, man, this is a, an important conversation and it won't be the last. Uh, so, you know, we'll definitely look about doing another part and, and maybe touching other aspects of it because it's 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 dynamic. It's still happening and it's something that we need to adjust to. Um, but we can't stop talking about it. Right. Because now that things have opened up, people are going back to, you know, maybe the regular ways and they forget that, like, hey, this is what it was a couple of you know months ago. Right. You know, so. Um, I want to thank you, JD, for coming on, man, the show and actually suggesting us to, you know, jump on this topic. Uh, and, and I welcome everybody that's ever been on the show. If you have a topic, man, tweet us, um, you know, hit us on the email and just, you know, uh, suggest what you want to talk about, man. So once again, thank you um, for your time, JD. I want to thank all of our listeners for listening. Uh, please check us out on subscribe on YouTube or listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, please be safe. Practice gratitude and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming you're rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black Spap out two racks on handmade new rags Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.